Would you give your mum, dad, aunt or that uncle who hugged your partner a little too long free access to your phone? Oh no! Oh my god, it's, it's a really long video! Ew! In Dave's brand new YouTube original, Get Off My Phone, we've got six comedians to give their phones over to a relative with total freedom to read messages, DMs, photos and browser history. What's your social history? Sorry? What to do? Tips for relief. The rules are simple. Their relative can read anything they want and even make calls from the comedian's phone. What is this? What is I know what this one is. That, that looks really okay. bad. Starring Tanya Moore, Anya Magliano, Finlay Christie, Travis J with his mum Angie Lamar, Hayley Morris, Grace Campbell and dad Alistair Campbell. Slightly sexually compromising <laughs> Divulging their deepest digital secrets. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Get off my phone. A Dave YouTube original. Available now on Dave's YouTube channel. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode of Conversations Against Living Miserably is brought to you in collaboration with Calm, obviously, Dave, obviously, and Murdoch London Barbers. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Conversations Against Living Miserably. How are you all doing out there? Hope you're doing all right. I hope that you're taking care of yourself. And uh, most importantly, I hope you're just doing as best as you possibly can during during all of this. I'm doing all right, in case you were wondering. Don't know if you were, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Having quite a nice time. Uh, anything interesting happening in my life? No, because we are we are in local lockdown in the northeast at the minute. Where as of today, when I'm recording this, it is officially illegal to hang out with anyone who doesn't live in your house. So the government have said I can legally only hang out with my mum and dad because I'm cool as fuck, guys. <laughs> anyway, let's let's move on from all of that and dive into today's episode where we are joined by comedian author and all-round incredible human Jen Brister where we will be discussing motherhood celebrating difference and lovely green jumpers enjoy good morning hello and welcome to you did a little giggle did, there yeah, sorry I really love your intros <laughs> they're so happy they're so perfect it's not even like this is genuinely how I like I'm miserable when I wake up in the morning but I don't sound it <laughs> welcome to another episode of conversations against living miserably where we are joined by someone who has an excellent jumper on 
Thank you. I really like it. It's Jen Brister. Oh. And a lovely jumper. Do you like my jumper? I do, yeah. It's a nice colour, isn't it? It's a bit of colour for winter. It's a nice green. Like Although it. it's a bit, it's a chunky knit, so it's actually a bit too chunky for my coat. I mean, this is too much information. <laughs> but you know when you buy a jumper mm-hmm. and then it's like, oh, I really like this jumper, and then you cannot fit anything over the top of it. Yep. And that is where I'm at. You look so, like, round whenever you've got a coat on. I just <laughs> feel like I'm in one of those escape suits or something while I'm wearing this jumper. But other than that, it's a real... It was a real find. Amazing. <laughs> we we kick off by asking. We we normally don't kick off by complimenting jumpers. That's, we don't. That was just for you. Oh, <laughs> I feel very lucky. I'm very fortunate. When was the last time you felt calm? Well, I find calm is increasingly hard to find. That sense of like just a little bit of peace. Uh, increasingly now because I have children and uh, that makes it difficult to have any moments of peace. But actually, I suppose. Calm would be the wrong word, but moments of just feeling where I'm not thinking a million things at once is often when I'm being distracted mm. by my kids. So I suppose that's a kind of feeling calm. Yeah, not, not, true. not calm in the sense of like I just feel really serene and at one. But I find myself not thinking about or worrying or, or anxious about mm. all the things I'm normally feeling worried or anxious about. I mean, it doesn't last long. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. What fleeting are we talking moments. about? Yeah. Fleeting. <laughs> but aside from that, I have started doing... I'm just going to laugh at this, but I have started doing yoga again. And partly because I just need to be alone. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, I'm not alone because I'm doing... There's mm-hmm. other people in the room with me, obviously, but in my head. And there is moments of calm or moments of like, this is really... Can't do this, so I'm going to throw up. And I think you just find whatever it is that works for you, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, calm... That's, rare in it yeah, yeah so rare so rare to feel really and even if you do even when i'm doing yoga i'm being slightly disingenuous my brain is thinking about a million things yeah. when i'm supposed mm-hmm. to be meditating i mean i'm not i don't really know how people meditate no i don't at all i've tried it so many times the voices well. creep in very quickly yeah the moment <laughs> they say because I, I therapy last week my therapist said to me just make sure your mind goes blank i was like yeah. what are you all about but how do you do that? That's not a thing that people do. When people are like, clear your mind. I'm yeah. like, it's, I can't, it's no. too full. Now I'm thinking about more things than I was before you <laughs> yeah. told me to do less, that. Exactly. I had less things in my brain before you told me to clear my brain. Yeah. I think somebody told me that there was something about a lot of these meditation apps or I guess with yoga and with those sorts of things that the meditation comes with repetition. Yeah. So you're repeating the same thing over and over again. It's a bit like Catholics do when they t- you know they do the rosary. Mm-hmm. That's a form of meditation because you're going you're saying the same thing over and over again and you're sort of moving from bead to bead and that becomes meditative. I mean, I'm not saying that I know how to do that. I'm just saying that's <laughs> yeah. what somebody told me, yeah. okay? I've never thought about it that like that before, but I think calm for me would just be my brain thinking the least amount of things that it can. Because yeah. I don't think I'm ever going to have a moment where my brain is going, cool, do you know what? Everything's fine. Let's just chill out. I think that's why I quite like routine. Yeah. Because then, again, it's not like calm, calm, but when things are going to plan and a plan that I know always happens, I'm like, this is fine. But mm-hmm. then then you get like a delayed train and you're like, well, that's my day over. Yeah. Well, that's, that's you that's fucked it. it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a bunch, mate. I leave the house at this time. It takes me this long to walk. I get on this train. I get here this time. What can go wrong? Mm. A lot. Yeah, yeah. a, a lot. lot. As I learned coming back from Falmouth a few weeks ago. <laughs> um, but I think uh, it, there is a sense of control, isn't there? We all want to feel like we're, we're in control of our lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's not real. 
is we're, we're not. Yeah. But that is what can give us a sense of peace, or not peace, but a sense of calm, mm-hmm. feeling that we're like, okay, I know what I'm doing, I know where I'm going, this is going to happen, this is how it's going to work. You know, which is why when you're doing a job, which is like if you're self-employed or if you're not working to a, a particular structure, it can really affect your mental mm-hmm. health because you don't have those very strict, I don't know, boundaries or parameters whereby if I do this, then I get this and I achieve this and Mm -hmm. I have this. Mm -hmm. And I think as stand-up comedians, a lot of stand-up comedians, we might over, you know, not always, but struggle with mental health because everything we do is so unstable. And not just our career prospects, which are very (laughs) unstable, but just every time we walk on stage. Mm -hmm. That, you know, there's a a sense of not knowing what's going to happen then. So we all try to find ways of controlling something in our lives in order to make us feel like we're not (laughs) drowning. Yeah. You know, yeah, the, the, the anxiety kind of breathes on uncertainty. Yeah. And that kind of idea that there is no control, that's where it all comes in. The paranoia and the worry and all these different kind of ideas that put your body into fight or flight and then your kind of your chemicals in the body are going absolutely bananas. When that kind of idea of stability, that's why I'm all of my like anxiety has poured itself into routine like mm-hmm. you. Like my days are pretty much identical and I will eat the same things and it's going the other way now where it's becoming slightly worrying that everything <laughs> I do is exactly the same and I'm a very boring person because of it but it is, it's about finding that balance and kind of that level of uncertainty especially in kind of for any sort of freelance work is I've got nightmarish. a specific seat I book on the train oh have you? Yeah. That's, oh, that's a so good one on, on the LNAR trains because obviously they're the ones that go like London Newcastle, Edinburgh. Yeah. So that's a route I do a lot. Or like if I'm going to York, so yeah. I travel probably can, on LNR the most. Cho- can you choose your seat? Yeah, you can choose your seat. Oh, I didn't so know I that. choose no, no. B13, even though some people would be like, oh, 13, an unlucky number. But it's close enough to the toilets without being like right next to the toilets. I know if I need a wee, I'm not having to like go staggering yeah. down the train. It's close to the luggage rack. So if I've got luggage, I know I can keep an eye on it. Oh my it's God. close to the entrance when you get on the carriage. So when you get on, it's like the third or fourth row or something. So I know I can get to my seat quite quick. And it's the window by a plug socket. So whenever I'm booking a train, B13, and I get fuming. If someone's booked B13, I'm like, that's my seat. <laughs> I really hope I someone that listens to this podcast books that for the entirety of... <laughs> Just my guest <laughs> list and go there. <laughs> also, carriage B. Oh, oh it's is... a quiet coach as well. Yeah. Ah, is it? Mm-hmm. It's the quiet coach. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm just trying to figure out because first class is always at the front or the back, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. So I, I was just trying to figure out if that bit was first class. Is it first class? No. No. It was a weird humble brag if it was in first class. <laughs> yeah. <and you> never <laughs> mentioned it. it was just a deliberate yeah. way for I me think, to mention yeah. that. <laughs> Everybody else knows it's first. Anyone that travels first class will know. That yeah, that exactly. And that's all I, I just needed to reach those people. People. Yeah, <laughs> but that's something that for me, like, because obviously stand up it for so much traveling uncertainty. I'm like, well, at least when I get that train, I'm sat in the same place. You've got a little it's bit of control quite, in one I situation. Totally, yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. I absolutely hate the random potluck sort of roulette of me not knowing what my seat's going to be when I get on the train. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, am I going to be sitting on the outside? Am I going to have a window seat? Am I going to be sitting next to someone? Exactly. You know, am I, is the plug socket... So many times recently, the plug socket hasn't worked. I know this is not really very important, <laughs> but when you're on a train for four hours and you can't charge your bloody phone... Yes. It can feel like... It just feels like the, the end of the world. It is, and it makes it feels so much longer than it actually you is. Just the whole well. time, all you're doing on the, phone, on the, on the train going, Going, oh, that 36% battery. Well, yeah. I mean, what the hell? I yeah. better, better not talk to anyone. Look at it. <laughs> it's got to last. <laughs> oh, no, it's tragic. I can totally get why you do that. Mm. a bit of routine. Yep. Especially when you live a life that's relatively unpredictable, to find bits where you can have that element of, like, 
stability I quite quite enjoy mm. yeah we're all as human beings we all sort of um, to a lesser or greater degree we're all slaves to some form of uh, routine mm. that mm. whether we resent it or not if we kind of need it yeah. because when, when it goes when it's gone it just leaves you feeling completely like unanchored and out of control yeah. mm-hmm. Um, so we all do, you know, like there's all we, we've all got our own little kooks or whatever that we do to make things feel like, oh yeah, I, mm-hmm. I've got this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It reminds me of like being a kid and being like, I can't wait to move out and have freedom and do what I want and not answer to anybody. And now I've got that. I'm like, oh, I quite miss having someone to just make oh, my decisions make my for dinner. me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it quite nice when you just came home and were told what you were having to eat? That was, those were the days. <laughs> those were the good old days. Yeah, I know. But the whole idea of freedom is a complete myth. Yeah, um, completely, Leslie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when was the first time you became aware of mental health being a thing, be it negative or positive? Um, probably quite early on because I have my oldest brother has, I would say he's never been diagnosed, but I would say Asperger's probably mm. uh, and suffered from very severe anxiety as a young lad, probably from adolescence through, through to, you know, his mid-30s, I would say. Maybe late early thirties. I mean, he doesn't. I mean, he still has anxiety, but he doesn't have it. It's not debilitating anymore. Mm. So I would say very, very acutely aware because you know when you're living with someone who has that, you you see it when it's bad, mm-hmm. when it gets really bad. And also, I suppose you know, as an adult, we you can look back, can't you, in hindsight, and see friends or other members of your family that might have been struggling, and 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 we didn't have the the language or the empathy mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. for it. And, and I think we weren't educated about mental health as being important mm. or it was, I, you know, when I was a teenager, it was still very much pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get on with it. So that idea rather than your mental health being as important, if not in some ways, in a lot of ways, more important than, you know, your physical health. Because mm. once your mental health goes and everything goes. So, yeah, better early on. Mm. I don't know if this is a valid question. Your, your mum's Spanish, am I right? She right? is, Spanish? yeah. Is there any difference with, do you think, being brought, like, with a Spanish mother? Has been any different? Because when I think of, like, British parents' attitudes to mental health, it always feels very, like, stiff upper lip. Yeah. I wondered if it was any different. Um, <clears throat> I think my mum is quite unique, irrespective of where she's <laughs> from. Um, she's just a very unique woman. Um, I think she was very aware. She knew that my brother had mental health mm-hmm. problems, and she really fought for him to get help. But she, well, so my brother is really lucky. We, well, we all are, but he's really lucky that, that my mum really was like, no, she wasn't having mm-hmm. it. So when the GPs would go, well, we don't really know, or we think it's um, schizophrenia, or everyone was schizophrenic back then, like mm-hmm. literally everyone got diagnosed with schizophrenia. My mum was like, I just don't think that that is correct. And she, so she really, really fought, fought yeah. for him. And I suppose, I don't know if it's a cultural thing, because I think there are members of my family in Spain who don't, who aren't very open, actually. But my mum's really like, you know, she lets it all out, you know. So talking about all of that stuff mm-hmm. probably helped, mm. maybe, oh, um, yeah. rather than pretending it wasn't happening or bottling it up. So I think um, a mixture of just who she is as a human being yeah. and her being Spanish probably was a good was a good cocktail. Good combination. Yeah, yeah it was a good yeah. combination to sort of tackle and talk about stuff like that. Um, but I would imagine it was quite, probably, I mean, I was quite young at the time, I imagine it was quite lonely for her because there wasn't any, I don't think, the, the charity mind was there, but we I don't remember really knowing that it existed. Mm. I don't know if it had the same sort of profile it does now where you knew, you thought, OK, well, I can phone up these people. They might be able to give me some advice or whatever about what to do with my son. Mm-hmm. You had your GP, and if your GP didn't help, then 
that you know that was that really yeah. or you could go to a psychiatrist but often everything was very heavily medicated mm -hmm. so the second my brother went to a psychiatrist he just went on loads of like drugs like lithium and this other drug i can't remember and then he started to get like caused physical ticks and pain you know so my mom was like get off those yeah um yeah so it was a, it, it, it was it was a very complex it was very complicated and i think my mom trying to navigate that must have been really difficult but i think she eventually found somebody like a psychologist who was on the same wavelength and they they figured stuff out together mm. and i think if you can find a mental health uh, professional who you trust yeah that's and i think that can be quite tricky yeah. I mean, I don't know because things are so different now, but, but certainly in the 90s, everything was about medication. Mm -hmm. And so because a lot of the time they didn't know what to do, they just medicate you. So but if you can find if you could find someone that you trust, then, you you know, then I mean, that makes such a huge difference. Because I think with a, as a parent, you're only as well as your sickest mm -hmm. child, mm -hmm. you know, so, you know, mm -hmm. so she was always like, oh, your brother, you know, so, <laughs> Which I mean, like now as a parent, I completely understand. But at yeah. the time, I was like, "Well, we're all right. <laughs> <laughs> you got another three. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, do you think motherhood has changed, like your relationship with mental health? Oh God, yeah, yeah. I think I'd be really um, aware of it. Mm -hmm. Maybe a bit too aware. I don't know. Hopefully not, like a, well, you know, um, one of those helicopter mums. But yeah, I would, I would think so. And I think that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I think that's a positive thing. Mm. And I, but I, but also I think you know. I think everybody, even in this country, is much more open to talking about it. Mm -hmm. Don't you think? In a yeah, way definitely. That... I don't remember having these conversations about mental health no. when I was growing up. Or, Not at all. Or, or even that mental health was a thing. We didn't think of it as something that you needed to, you know, look after or... Mm -hmm. Even me, and I'm like not that old. I think when I was like a teenager, which is what you 10 years ago. You looked directly at me then when you said not that old. She would have looked at me, but I'm just a little to the side, so it's a bit harder <laughs> to crane your head round. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So yeah, like, 
when I think of being a teenager and talking about mental health, it was you were crazy, 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 yeah. like in a um, institution or whatever, and that there was nothing before that. And that wasn't even that long ago to be that yeah. unclued up about mental health. Mm. I think we've come a long way, and I think um, a lot of I think it's helped that a lot of high profile, I, I suppose, I don't know, TV people have been very honest about their mental health, which has made people go, oh. Well, you seem really together and la la la, mm. but you're, you, you know, because I think, I think if you haven't been through it and you, you can't possibly imagine what it's like. Yeah. If you haven't suffered from anxiety or depression, I mean, real depression, not like feeling a bit low for a couple of days, but mm-hmm. actual debilitating depression, it's absolutely impossible for some people to be able to empathise or see or understand what that might be like and how it's, you know, when that happens, you cannot function. Mm -hmm. And I think just having people that are quite high profile going, I've had that, I've suffered that, you know, people like Stephen Fry, you know, then people kind of think, oh, well, my son's got that or my brother's got that. That means, okay, that makes, I I know this sounds dumb, but it does, it kind of humanises the illness. And I don't even, sometimes I don't even want to call it an illness because I think sometimes it's, I don't know. I think, you know, my brother having anxiety and a lot of it was down to the fact that he's got, he's Aspergic. And Mm -hmm. I don't think, I don't, I don't think of his Asperger's as being an illness. I think it, it, that's just who, part of who he is. Yeah. So I just, we all, we're all much more aware of how we use our language and how we um, perceive mental health. And, and I think it's really positive. And with regards to my children, because we're all talking about it a lot more, I think particularly for young men, it's hopefully a bit easier for men to be able to say, yeah, I, I feel this or I feel that. Mm-hmm. And for people to go, that's actually okay for you to talk about your feelings. Because I think certainly my generation, men were not allowed at all to have feelings, which is absolutely mm-hmm. absurd, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. And then we're like, oh, there's a rise in suicide and young men mm. and you're like or men you know from this age to this age it's like yeah of mm. course <laughs> you can't cut off you can't cut off um you know 50 percent of the population and say you people aren't allowed to feel mm-hmm. is that okay mm-hmm. you've hit adolescence now shut it down yeah. all those emotions and feelings you know like i've got two boys they cry all the time what am i going to say when they hit like adolescence right and now the tears stop yeah the feelings stop the emotions stop if you feel anything please go to a pub and kick the shit out of a stranger yeah. uh, <laughs> and that is the that is the man thing to do um <laughs> So I hope that we can keep that dialogue going. But it's tricky, isn't it? Because Mm. your influence is so diluted as a parent. And whatever we do, it's amazing how quickly they adopt the boys do this, girls do that shit. I mean, that's mm. that happened very quickly. Really? Yeah. I mean, they've got two mums, and one of them was like, I don't like pink. And I was like, I don't even know where this has come from. <laughs> <laughs> we bought you a tutu for your birthday, so <laughs> get on board, all right? <laughs> I think it's just so important when it comes to the representation part. Of it. it's, it's in so many different genres and stuff, especially with the young people, of having access to the kind of people that they look up to, like mm. YouTubers. And I know it all changes, like, musicians and stuff like that making sure that that kind of conversation is just written into the narrative in a normal way to speak like how edinburgh's been for the last few years of kind of you go see a show and then it kind of it caveats into a mental health narrative for five three five minutes and it's kind of like no that's just part of the joke that's just Mm -hmm. a way because it's such a normal part of life now that we can actually just discuss it in a normal way and having that in so many different places i think is just it's really wonderful like i watched doctor who uh at the weekend Mm -hmm. and it was all about mental health really and it was um like they showed a positive young uh male friendship um they talked about their mental health quite openly Mm -hmm. and then at the end they discussed kind of loneliness suicide i don't 
and depression and all these different things. That's amazing. In an episode of fucking yeah. Doctor Who. I know, that's I, fantastic. And I got to the end of it and I was crying and I was like, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. But it's like I've never seen anything like that, and especially because so many young people watch it. Mm-hmm. It's so important. Yeah. yeah. And also I think, what you know, that um, showing those positive friendships between young men yeah. where they are where they are communicating and, and it not being seen, oh, you, you, you perf, you know, yeah. that, that it's that this is, you know, it sounds obvious, but to normalise that and mm-hmm. say, well, you should be talking about this. And, and, you know, and I know that men communicate differently from women, but I've got enough male friends to know that it's really important to them mm. to be able to talk, to express themselves. And whilst they might not, you know, I'm not saying when they go on a stag do, they want to sit around talking about their feelings, but, to, you know, that generally speaking on a day-to-day basis amongst their peers, mm-hmm. that they can have those conversations. Because otherwise you get into a situation where there's no way out for any for them. Um, and, you know, it just feels like as a society, we, we, we spend the whole time being in a constant state of surprise when horrific things happen and then but then never look to the grassroots of why those things are happening and it's yeah. and over and over and over again and particularly as a parent you have a responsibility to try to tackle those things as quickly as, and as early as possible and also talk about feelings and communication with your children but I think also cannot do it on your own because the biggest impact is outside of the house mm-hmm. so the second my children leave I've got no I can't control what's being said to them and what they see or what they experience and so I really think these sort of things really need, should be happening at school as a part of the curriculum not mm. like oh the, our school's really great because it talks about these things you know like about depression or feelings of suicide or you know whatever it is I think these things should be communicated at primary school really mm. yeah. I think secondary school sometimes is a bit late because habits are formed by them but, oh, exactly yeah. you know if you're self-harming you're self-harming probably at the end at the tail end of primary school mm. so you need to get in early but I don't know we, we're just so we're so conservative about certain things like talking about sexual health or talking about homosexuality or trans mm. issues in schools or talking about mental health because we can see the benefits how it will benefit our children and yeah. how it will benefit exactly. then society mm. and still nothing yeah. I don't it's when you hear people being like but they don't need to know about those things that young and it's like but if they've got the tools that young then when they're older they're ready for it and they're hearing than, about yeah. it anyway yeah exactly do you think if you don't mention gay people at school that children don't know about gay people yeah, yeah. do you think that a kid with depression if you don't mention depression at school exactly. isn't experiencing yeah. depression yeah it just I mean we we infantilize children so we pretend that they are you know we don't want to accept that children have maybe sexual feelings mm-hmm. or children um, are working out their identity or working out you know lots of things about we just don't want to you know whether or not they feel like they're in the wrong body or whether or not they feel like they're gay mm-hmm. this doesn't happen at like oh I'm 25 and now <laughs> yeah. I realize yeah. these things happen over a really long period of time and you know instead we're having arguments about as to whether or not we've got enough English literature in the fucking curriculum yeah. you know it's like come on mate yeah, people yeah. have to have the knowledge there to be able to help themselves from such a young age. Mm-hmm. And we have, we now live in a society where we have such access to information from such a young age anyway. They're going to find the information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for us to kind of gatekeep and go, no, you can't have that bit of information yeah. until you're this old is ridiculous. Like I saw on Question Time the other night, one of the questions was, is it correct to be teaching LGBTQ plus um, in primary school? Mm-hmm. Like, yes, it is. Yeah, it's like, how the fuck is a this question. a question? Yeah. It's so ridiculous. It's just people, it's... And and, and also, when you're talking about LGBT, you know, and I talk about this in my show, but when you're talking about that, what you're not, you're not actually, people seem to think that everything around um, trans or gay or bisexual or people who consider themselves to be gender fluid or whatever, they make it about sex rather than about identity Mm -hmm. and about difference. Okay, so when you're teaching something at primary school, you're not teaching about sex, you're just teaching about difference. Mm -hmm. 
that's it. We're not all, you know, white, able-bodied, heterosexual, you know, hashtag living our best lives every second of the day. We're, you know, we're Mm -hmm. all, we're all very different. We're all individuals. We've got all these different things going on in our lives. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about them openly and then let's accept that everyone's different. And so then when you are confronted by difference, you're not terrified. Exactly that. I had a moment this year, you know, Caitlyn Jenner went in the I'm a Celeb jungle where my niece and nephew were explaining Caitlyn Jenner being trans to me, which was so incredible. (laughs) Like, as if I was the one who didn't know. Never mind that eight and five. I had it on and my nephew was like, you know Caitlyn. I was like, I do know Caitlyn. Caitlyn wasn't born Caitlyn. Caitlyn was born a different person and that's absolutely fine. And I was like, I didn't say it wasn't absolutely fine. Like, what are you? Yeah. Oh, they picked up your vibe, Laura. Yeah. Yeah. Come over here. Let me tell you. Let me tell you a story. Well, I think it is. It's making sure that when you are, when that kind of difference hits you at a later age, that you don't treat it with fear and terror and all these kind of go-to emotions that you, because you, if you treat something as other, people are going to react in a different way. Sorry, my stomach is going fucking banana. <laughs> um, but they are. They're going to treat like it with hostility and they're going to treat it with fear. And that's just, it's if we can kind of nip that in the bud from such a young age when it comes to all of these different issues and just let people live their lives. Mm-hmm. It's literally saying there are so many different ways you could live your life. All of them are absolutely wonderful and you can find out which way you want to do it we just want to make sure that you're aware of what's happening yeah and there's no one's attacking anyone else in existing no no one's existence is going to detract from your civil rights or exactly. from your mm-hmm. what, what, whatever you feel you know like there was a fear about you know when gay people were given the chance to get married mm. that that was going to somehow dilute heterosexual marriage or someone going to how undermine it I mean you know it's proven time and time again that every time that we become more aware of other groups and more aware of other people and more accepting that it just makes our society more robust. It makes us better yeah. as individuals as well as the group, which always flummoxes me why we constantly, whenever the, the next group of society is being sort of persecuted or discriminated against, that we have to explain that again. Mm. It's okay, you know, yeah. equality. Why wouldn't we want equality for everybody? It just seems crazy. Yeah. But anyway, apparently we don't, so there we are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, should we play some anxiety bingo? Yeah, right. I actually looked at that before because normally I spend about five minutes from the Henry Notebook. <laughs> <laughs> so I give you like two sides of the same coin of like anxious scenarios and it's which one you would not necessarily prefer to be in but least hate being in okay, okay so All right. would you rather get every opportunity but fail every time or never get a single opportunity at all um well I suppose get the opportunity and fail because I'd rather give it a go and also I think in failing you learn every time mm-hmm. see I'm the opposite I'm the opposite <laughs> I mean, I'm so scared of being a failure that I think I'd rather never get the opportunity and be that one who's like oh, one day one day I'll show you one day um, yeah well I mean I, the, the only thing I'd say is that the one day one is um, is for me would be the, the least fulfilling mm-hmm, yeah because I fail a lot <laughs> so I'm quite comfortable in my failure <laughs> Uh, we've got a couple of minutes left. You want to ask our final question? Yeah. Um, if you could go back to your younger self and give yourself some advice on mental health and living without misery, what would you tell yourself? I would say um, stop caring what everybody else is doing. It doesn't matter. Uh, it's not going to impact on you. And just follow. Be clear about what you want and follow your own path. And that will be... You'll get, you'll get there a lot quicker than you seem to have, you idiot. That. That's yeah. really lovely. That's proper yeah. mother advice. That. Yeah, that's that's really someone good. who's got <laughs> that's his shit together. That's made me feel really together. nice and warm yeah. inside. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. amazing. Thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having me. Always to be a mum and be wise. <laughs> <laughs> Best time, Lauren. Best time. <laughs> Oh, and that's it for today. What a lovely, lovely little chat we had there. 
I mentioned um, at the start in my little intro that Jen is an author. She is. She's got a book out called The Other Mother, which is an honest parenting tale for every kind of family. So you can get that now from all good bookshops and general places that sell books, which I think are just bookshops, to be honest, aren't they? Uh, Thanks so much to Jen for being such a lovely guest. Thanks to Aaron, as always, and the team at Dave and Con. Uh, If you did enjoy this podcast, please remember to give us a like, a rating, a review, subscribe, all those shenanigans. And if you do happen to have a few quid spare, if you would like to donate to Calm, that would be absolutely wonderful. Uh, they, They do great work and we should be giving them all the help we can. Thank you so much for listening and hopefully see you next time round. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. My voice went really funny there, but I'm not re-recording this because I'm at the end. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Would you give your mom, dad, aunt, or that uncle who hugs your partner a little too long free access to your phone? Oh, no. Oh, my God, it's, it's a really long video. Ew. In Dave's brand new YouTube original, Get Off My Phone, we've got six comedians to give their phones over to a relative with total freedom to read messages, DMs, photos, and browser history. What's your social history? Sorry? What to do, tips for relief. The rules are simple. Their relative can read anything they want and even make calls from the comedian's phone. What is this? What is I know what this one is. That, that looks really okay. bad. Starring Tanya Moore, Anya Magliano, Finlay Christie, Travis J with his mum Angie Lamar, Hayley Morris, Grace Campbell and dad Alistair Campbell. Slightly sexually compromising <laughs> Divulging their deepest digital secrets. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Get off my phone, a Dave YouTube original. Available now on Dave's YouTube channel.